healing ministry is that it was holistic, holistic in nature. When I say holistic, I don't mean sitting out back with, with leaves and berries. That's not what I mean. When I mean holistic, I'm talking about the whole of a person. Jesus was restoring and redeeming people back to a whole and complete purpose. Back right. to that divine purpose that God originally created for yeah. us for. So now we got to understand after the fall of man, we lost that. So Jesus, through him, restores us completely. The whole of a person. That, that may be physical. And we see Jesus as he interacted. That's why I made the point about understanding who we interacted with socially and culturally. There were some people who were physically innate. Mm -hmm. Mentally. They had met, there were mental issues going on. Jesus also restored them and sent them back out into society to function as a whole person. Yeah. Yeah. Socially, there are some folks who need healing socially. Relationships have been broken, beyond repair, because of something broken within them. Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to heal that too. And I'm going to send you back out in the world to serve and function again as a whole person. Emotionally, too many of us are broken emotionally. Mm -hmm. Too many of us are afflicted emotionally, and that affliction comes within our soul. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we, we don't know where to place our feelings. I'm telling you where sometimes you're afflicted. You're afflicted in your soul mm -hmm. because that's where you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So again, guess what Jesus does? Jesus penetrates through all of that, provides you with the cure, heals you, sends you right back out as a whole functioning person. Spiritually, we understand that's very cut and dry. Jesus provides you with access to the Father, puts you in direct relationship. Now we can understand John 4, 24, that spirit and truth worship. That's how it comes because Jesus has cured us from our original state, healed us, redeemed us, and now spiritually we can function and serve as a whole person in the kingdom. Amen. The healing ministry of Christ. So now, as we go through it, We'll look at some, some words and some definitions as we continue to kind of build on the lesson. So a cure, by definition, this is just the dictionary, so I don't, I'm not getting fancy, just the dictionary. A uh, cure is to relieve a person of the symptoms of a disease or condition. As a noun, it's a substance or treatment that cures a disease or condition. Very simply, that's just a cure. Healing. So healing, as a noun, is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy Again, so now when we talk about sound doctrine, what we're talking about, we're talking about healthy doctrine. Amen. We're talking about doctrine that has been prescribed by God himself. Amen. As a verb, it causes to become sound or healthy again. So now a lot of times we won't seek a cure or we won't seek to be healed if we don't realize that something's wrong. Amen. Right. Amen. Right now. Amen. So now some of us can function through some pain. Right. Some, of us, some of us have a high... Tolerance for pain. Amen. But what we don't do is we don't take the time to address the reason for that pain. Right. My father always tells me, he says, a lot of times what we do is we concentrate on where a person falls. Mm -hmm. Back up and figure out where they stumbled. Yes, right. yeah. Too many times we just go ahead and continue moving on. But if we don't realize a need for a cure, we're not going to seek it. And we're not going to ever really truly get healing. So how then can we... How can, then can we receive the benefits that Christ gives through his healing ministry? Mm -hmm. So again, healing. Becoming sound or healthy again. That means you were unhealthy at one point. Yeah. Right. You had to be healed. Yeah. <clears throat> to alleviate a person's distress or anguish. That means, what's the, uh, alleviate? Alleviate, I'm assuming that people, they're playing on the word alleviate. That means it's getting rid of the pain that you have. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus is doing. He is alleviating those things. There are things in our lives that we have taken with us, we have had with us, that we have failed to let go. And it's causing us pain and hurt. Uh -huh. It's causing pain and hurt to other people to see us hurt. What Christ says in his ministry, as we're getting ready to see, is I will leave you from those things and heal you back to a whole other person. Yeah. To function yeah. in my kingdom, holistically. To correct or put right an undesirable solution. So a lot of times, anytime I think about correcting or putting right, I think about a broken bone. When I have to set the bone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I've never had a broken bone. So I, again, I'm just, I've never had one. But when you think about a broken bone, when it heals, from my understanding, it grows and heals back stronger. Mm -hmm. A broken bone. So now, if we have been corrected and put right in Christ, would we not be stronger than what we were before? All right. All right. So the healing ministry of Christ is important to understand because, again, we understand uh, redemption and salvation through Christ, but we have access to so much more. So now I talked about 
You're not going to seek a cure or try to find healing if you don't realize that you're in need. So affliction. So let's look at what the Bible describes as affliction. Lamentations 3, 19 to 24. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. So what we have to understand is that when we go through things and we're afflicted, that affliction causes us some distress. But if we understand who has the ability and the power to cure us and heal us and move us forward spiritually, we have to remember those things. A lot of times, you know, that forgive and forget. I don't want to forget my pain. I don't want to forget it because I want to remember that when I was in pain, who was the one that cured me and healed me and restored me to a whole other person? Because many of us sitting in here today, we're sitting in here and we look very pious. We look very religious. But let me tell you something. There are folks up in here that are broken in pieces on the inside. Yes, Seeking for a cure yep. in the place that can provide you with the cure, mm -hmm. looking for healing. Yep. So this morning, we'll, we'll look at it. So they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. So now we got to understand, first off, wormwood. What is wormwood? So wormwood is from an unused root, and it's considered poisonous and cursed. Mm -hmm. That's wormwood. So it says, remembering my affliction and my misery, the worm, the poison within me, and the gall. The gall is also just continuing that concept of being poisonous. So the wormwood and the gall, that means I'm afflicted in my soul, you all. Mm -hmm. There are things that have happened to me. There are things that I've done. There are things that for some reason I can't get to the root of the issue. I've been seeking a cure. I, what I've been doing for all my life is I've been treating symptoms. Never getting to an actual problem and to the root of the, root of the problem so that I can actually get the cure. Allow the cure to work in me. So a lot of us this morning, all we're doing, all we've been doing up until this point is just very simply treating symptoms. So now Mark 2, 15 and 17. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus. Jesus was meeting with people who needed him. And his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician. But they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Right. Now, if... Those of us who have been cured by Christ and have been healed, what do you think you were prior to that cure? All right. All right. What do you think you are without Christ? All right. All right. So again, some of us may not see our need. Some of us may not think that we need a cure. All right. So we ain't talking to y'all this morning. I'm talking to the folks who understand and know that I'm going through something right now. Right. Sitting in these pews as under the sound of my voice, People should be moving around and understanding. Listen, have I not addressed the things that I've got going on? Right. I did something the other day and I couldn't figure out why I did it. Is it time for me to stop ignoring it and get to the root of that issue right. and actually try to find some healing? Right. Yeah. So now when we talk about the great physician, we love to talk about the great physician. Do we understand that that great physician is for us? Yeah. What we do is we talk about how everyone else needs Christ. No, we need Christ. Amen. Because again, what do you think we were? Some of us think that we got we treated a few symptoms and we feel all right. We'll keep rolling. I do that. I'll take the doctor will prescribe me some medicine and I feel good for a couple of days and I'll get back out there and do what I've been doing. Yeah. But what happens is that pain resurfaces because I never really got to the root of the pain. Yeah. Jesus is willing to go within your heart. In your soul, whatever you got going on, some of us got some stuff off in there. He is willing to navigate through that and provide you with the cure so you can actually get to some healing. So let's look at a couple cases of who Jesus was actually meeting and who he was healing and the need that they were in. In Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So now we've got to understand, and my point this morning is not to talk about being possessed by demons, not at all. But what I do want to 
bring out is the fact that Mary was afflicted. There was a, an affliction within there. And who knows? Again, we can only speculate as to what that affliction entailed. But all we know is that whatever she was going through, whatever was in her, whatever caused her any of the issues that she had, that seven demons found her to be habitable. So now we have to ask ourselves the question. Some of the things that we go through, why? What's the cause of these things? Why am I continuously dealing with some of the things that I'm dealing with? Why am I struggling to break through and struggling to get beyond the brokenness within me? And a lot of us know it. A lot of us know that we have some broken parts within us. A lot of us say we believe in Christ as the true, the great physician. But do we really allow him to administer the cure within our hearts? Are we still holding on to those things? Because a lot of times when we hold on to stuff, you know what it does for us? Some of us are in such places where we're so numb, we hold on to the pain because we can, so we can feel something. I hold on to this pain just so I can feel something. That's where some of us are. That's where some of us refuse to go because that's a scary place to go. If you ever think about having to navigate within your own heart, your own mind, and seeing what you got in you, I ain't talking about nobody else. What you got in you, that's a scary place for you. It's a scary place for me. But those are the places that we have to allow Jesus to go and penetrate. Take him with you. And so again, when we look at Mary Magdalene, we've got to understand that she was in anguish and torment. And you could, that's an outward sign. I'm sure that people could see her and begin to isolate away from her. Like, man, something wrong. Well, she got something going on. Some of us don't look like that at all. But we've got something going on on the inside. I may look okay. I can tell you I'm okay. But I, I'm just as bad as Mary on the inside. What do I have going on? What have I not addressed? Am I scared to let Christ get in me? Because that's all I can think of it is. Because you got a cure. Will you trust him? To administer it so you can find you some relief and some healing. Amen. Amen. So, again, we got to remember and understand that, that whatever she had going on, it made it habitable for seven demons. And, and so, we can only speculate. So, just imagine the pain and anguish she may have been in, the, the emotional roller coaster. And this is just me speculating. Imagine that there were days when she found a little bit of relief. Imagine just taking comfort in the small amount of relief that she could get. And it may have been for only for a minute when they said, hey, you know what? We're going to let you cheer for a minute. And to get used to that, to have a false sense of security and feel like, oh, man, I'm okay for us. No, I'm not. Up and down, up and down, up and down in your life. Finding only brief moments of relief. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of trying to find a cure that has not provided you with any healing? Aren't you tired of just... Very simply, treating the symptom. So we've got to understand, we will not seek a cure if we don't understand our need and where we are in our souls. And a lot of us are being afflicted and are broken within ourselves. So the thing with that that's important, and we mentioned it earlier, um, Jesus saw beyond that. So Jesus sees beyond some of the things that we can't see. Jesus sees beyond the outward. Jesus sees beyond someone who we see struggling with a particular habit or a particular addiction. That person is trying to break, break free. So what we do is, well, it ain't us. I'm not dealing with that issue. So we don't have the ability to help a person in that particular need. But guess what Jesus does? Jesus sees beyond the things that we can see. And he also sees beyond the things that we won't show. So Jesus comes in and sees us for who we could become. Mary Magdalene, we see that her life became after Jesus treated her, healed her, restored her to a whole of a person, put her back into society as a functioning whole. We saw her whole life was dedicated to serving him. I'm righteously, without a shadow of a doubt, she understood completely where she was. How many of us understand the place that we were? How many of us don't? And it shows in the way that we live our lives every day. So a lot of times when we begin talking about people about fellowshipping and coming together and being together, listen, the one thing that I will not do is I'm not going to force or condemn anybody for not showing up. You do that to yourself. Ask yourself, why not? Very simply, if you just ask yourself, why won't I? Why can't I? You'll begin to find out some very real things about yourself. And guess what Jesus will do for you? 
treat your need, heal you. And again, it ain't an everyday, it ain't an overnight success. It ain't. We gotta understand that. Healing requires some time. That's why you see people in cast. But over time, what do they do is that arm begins to get stronger. Whatever they break begins to get stronger. I begin to feel better. That's what happens. Christ will heal you and help you to address those things that has become a problem and an affliction in your soul. But you won't do it unless you see a need for it. The healing ministry of Christ. So there are things that we deal with and a lot of times, and, and if I may go a little bit deeper than that, some of us are suffering from things that have happened in our childhood. Yeah. Um, there were thing, there was maybe a need that was unmet in our childhood. I may be in relationships and I just can't figure out really how to be emotional and love someone because I never really saw it myself. So when I begin to go ask my parents, hey, why is it that I'm struggling with this particular thing? They don't know because they themselves never saw it. So there we have this issue that has continued on. We have this need for treatment that has been gone down generationally. Nobody has an answer for it, but nobody will seek the cure. That's right. A lot of times we involve ourselves in relationships or we involve ourselves with people. And we always ask, why are these people always coming to me? Why am I always ending up with people like this? Why is it that these people always seem to think that I'm the one that they should be coming to? Well, there's, a, there's two ways you can look at it. You can be a half full or a half empty. So we're going to deal with the half empty. Maybe there's something within you that is drawing them to you. Or, or let's, let's do that. That's too easy. Maybe... There's something within you that draws you to them. That's what we don't want to talk about. I know that there, and I'm using myself, there are people that I know that come from two-parent homes. Got a mother and a father. Seemingly those parents loved each other. But will still go out and get in a relationship that is not beneficial at all, regardless of how they came up and what they've seen in their life. Listen, you know what? I see that, but now let me try something else. Why is it that you are so adverse to that thing that you may need in your life? Mary Magdalene, Healing Ministry of Christ. So now let's look at another one because a lot of times what we do is that's sometimes people can see where we are. We have an outward manifestation of being of being in need. And then sometimes we can hide who we are on the inside, but there's an outward manifestation of the things that's going on within you. So the things that we seek to use for coping, that comes from something within us. But there are times where we don't want to deal with that affliction. We don't want to address the fact that we've got that, uh, that affliction because what that does is now people will know I've got this affliction. Now I have to address it outwardly and openly. We'll see an example of that in ignoring affliction. So now when we ignore afflictions, this is, what, this is what we get. What happens is this. Now, Romans 7.20, now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. Listen, y'all, I don't care what you say. That's an affliction within you. There's a battle going with the own within your soul. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. That is a realization that I got a problem. I am in need. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, the cure, our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I know that if I don't take this medicine, there will be no healing. And that will become harder and harder every day. And it, it can become a fight that I cannot win. Amen. There's an affliction going on with you all, whether or not you choose to admit it or not. There is a brokenness within us that is keeping us from getting to a place of true healing and peace and comfort. Yes. So now, ignoring affliction. 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11. So we're going to look at David. Uh, we're going to look at David because when we think about David, we think about a man after God's own heart. Mm. Yeah. But also... David had an affliction. Yeah. David had an affliction that he ignored. Yeah. And he allowed to fester and become something more than it should have become. And then also in that ignoring and allowing it to grow, what happened is it affected other people. Yeah. And, man, let me hold on. <laughs> and it came to pass after the year was expired, the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with, with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon 
and a besieged Rabbi. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening time that David rose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. Mm -hmm. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Mm -hmm. In that moment, now we see that David's got an affliction within him. Now let's back up a little bit. Because remember, and this is very quickly, remember when we saw Israel going to the promised land and God said, listen, you got to drive those nations out of here. You got to get them out of here. And the reason why you got to get them out of here because later on down the line, they have the ability to affect you and your family. So now what we're seeing possibly is that remnant of things that we never addressed. What did not, why am I sitting here staring at this woman on this roof? Why am I still engaging with these people who cannot mean me any good? Why am I still entangled in a particular vice that I know ain't no good for me? Because there's something that you have not addressed and you got an affliction going on. So now, and David sent and inquired after the woman. Now, see, you could have easily just, oh, wait a minute, I need, okay, let me go back inside. Easily, that's what you could have done. But your thing that you got in here that needs a cure left you out there on that rooftop. And David said and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this the Sheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? That's come on, man, that's a smoking gun right there. But you know what? I got something in me, y'all. Listen, there's an affliction within me. I, I listen, I'll deal with that later. I want what I want because now as the and as the king, I can have whatever I want. I'm the king. But there's something else that I want. Something that I don't currently have. And I don't have it, and now I want it because there's something in me that has been unmet. That could have come from early on in his life. Who knows? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am a child. Uh oh. Hey, 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 it's yours. All right, so now 2 Samuel 11, going on, continuing on. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab, Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Hey, man, hey, hey, now, I don't want nobody to know I got this issue. Right? I don't want nobody to know I got this affliction, because if I, if I admit it, that means I got to admit it to people. Man, I'm the king, man. People have seen me doing all these good things. What do I look like dealing with something like this? How many of us have halted ourselves with addressing an issue because of what we thought people were going to say about us? Listen, what are people going to say when they find that you've been lying this whole time? You might as well roll the dice. <laughs> Again, and David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house. And they're following him a mess of meat from the king. So now David is trying to smooth this thing over because he knows wrong. I know I got an issue. I know. Hey, listen, I got an issue. I made a decision. Hey, listen, rather than address it, I'm going to try to clean this thing up. Hey, man, come on. Come, come on to the house. Go and get you some food. Hey, man, don't you want to see your wife? Man, your wife ain't seen you in a long time. Man, why don't you go ahead on enjoy and relax? But listen, this is what happens when <laughs> we don't address our issues and there are people who we have the ability to affect by our inability. Listen, Uriah was a good man. Uriah said, listen, come on, and I'm paraphrasing. Uriah said, no, my men are down there. What I look like back here chilling, relaxing, and I know they out here on the ground. What does that look like for me? Now David, and I'm going through this, I'm paraphrasing. Now David is in a place, well, wait a minute, man. Well, that, ain't, that ain't how I meant for that to work out. Something has to be done. If not, I've got to expose my affliction. Too many times we are untruthful with ourselves and by design are now untruthful with others because we're not being honest with ourselves. How many times have we entered into a relationship with someone and not addressed an issue that we brought into the relationship? Now, not only does that person have to deal with what they got going on, they got to deal with your stuff because you didn't do it. That's enough lesson for another day. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Uriah, camest thou not from thy journey? When, why then didst thou not go down into thy house? And Uriah said unto David, again, the ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camped in the open fields. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as thou livest and as thy soul liveth? I will not do this thing. 
So now what's happened is David is trying to put on Uriah what he may have done. So a lot of times what we don't realize is the stuff that we keep talking about folks doing, all we're doing is just deflecting and putting it on them. The issue may not be them. I'm putting that issue on you. The real issue is me. Why does that bother me so much in that person? Oh, they get on my nerves when they do that. Well, the issue may not be them. The issue may be you putting the issue on them. Because you got something still festering in you. You need to kill it. So now, going dropping down to verse 13. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And that evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. David got drunk and he still wouldn't go. You understand the kind of will that he had to have? No, that's not right. But David said, listen, man, come on, man, come on, come on now. Just, just play along because I got this thing and I ain't really trying to expose myself. How many of us do that? How many of us will continue to pile on and continue to pile on so that we don't have to expose ourselves or address ourselves? So what happens now and what we'll see is ignoring affliction will put you in a situation where God will make you deal with it. 2 Samuel 14, very quickly. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab. And so what we're seeing now is David is getting ready to set up Uriah. Very quickly, he, what he's getting ready to do is he's getting ready to send him out on front lines to ensure his death. <laughs> That's what happens when you ignore affliction. When you are fearful of being found out. And a lot of times, I always make the joke, a lot of times we don't come clean because we want to. We come clean because we get caught. How many of us volunteer, hey, look, I did that, wrong. I did that. And we know there are going to be negative consequences. You don't say nothing until you get caught. And you got to deal with the consequences. That's what happens when you ignore affliction and forget your need for the cure. Yeah. <laughs> I heard my wife, that's why I laughed. So now, what we're talking about is David setting up Uriah. We're going to jump down. And it says, now, David, so Uriah's dead. We understand that that's because of David. Uh, and then... And, Verse 26, and when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. <laughs> and when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. Mm -hmm. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Right. Do you not understand that sometimes when we ignore our afflictions within us, the things that manifest themselves contrary to the word of God on the outward, what that does is there's no way God can be pleased with what we're doing. So how then can you say, hey, I'm in a spiritual relationship with God, but I've got this thing that keeps me doing something that is outside of what he required for me spiritually? Yeah. Yeah. You have missed the cure. And yeah. not even, you don't trust in the cure. So my question then is, will thou be made whole? Ignored affliction can blind us. So remember we talked about sometimes we put stuff on other folks? It ain't necessarily them, it might be us, because we're so blind to our own stuff. So what happens now is God will send you some help. It may not be the help that you wanted, but it's the help that you need. So now we're getting ready to see David in his condition and his need for help. 2 Samuel 12, beginning of verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city in the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up and grew up, together with him and with his children, and did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. Sometimes, People are not just going to respond to you telling them outright that they're wrong. Sometimes you have to understand, listen, some people are where they are. And I don't know if, how many of you all have ever been in a place where you've been afflicted and you are dealing and wrestling within yourself. You're not going to receive that well, whether that you choose to admit it or not. Because I'm going to tell you, there have been some places that I've been in in broken places. Somebody come tell me I'm wrong. I ain't, man, what you think of my face? Who are you to tell me? So sometimes what has to happen is God has to send it to you another way, in a way yeah. that you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that had done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the land fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Anybody who do that kind of thing, I would never do that. Anybody who do it, this is man, I wish they would do that. 
Nathan said, verse 7, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. That's you. You ignored your affliction. You ignored your need for a cure. You ignored that you needed to be healed in a broken place. And now what you did, it not only affected you, but it affected somebody else's family. Yeah. It affected the people around you. How many times are we living in a particular place and the things that we have going on within us not only affect us, but affect the people who we're around? Yeah. People love you. They want to come around. But man, you got too much stuff going on. You got too much going on. Yeah. Has anybody ever told you that? You ain't gonna admit it, but it's to do. <laughs> you ain't gonna admit that. But has anybody, man, you got too much going on. Like that's it's just too much. Yeah. People again, people love you, but the things that you have going on that you refuse to address and your need for a cure will affect me. I don't I know. I got my own stuff that I'm trying to address. Uh-oh. So now we end up, and I'm almost done, you all. We're going now to the place where we started when the scripture was read in John chapter 5. So we've looked at someone who was in dire need. Uh, we looked at Mary Magdalene. And we looked at uh, David and his ignoring his affliction and his need. And very quickly, I want to look at the woman at the well. I didn't even put a slide up her because I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time. But the woman at the well, she, excuse me, the woman at the well, she was symptomatic. But she didn't know what the problem was. All she could do was continuously treat the symptom because I would just be crazy enough to believe that she was dealing with an issue of loneliness and a void within her because I'm continuously getting in these relationships. I'm getting in them. That ain't fulfilling me. I got to get out of it, get in another one. I'm looking for fulfillment. How many of us do that? Not just with people, but with things. Man, I may be filled up with my job because that's what makes me feel like I'm worthy. I may get involved in learning and being so smart that I forget that sometimes I need to take a step back and look at the simple things in life. I'm so caught up in trying to treat the symptom because there's something in me that I have not addressed that I will continue to add on top of it, continue to be in a need. And again, understand that the woman at the well, she was punishing herself. She was going to the well at the hottest part of the day when most folks did it in the morning when it was cool. But you know why she didn't? Because there were people there. She didn't want to have to face who and where she was in her life. All right. So now, John 5, beginning in verse 1. And this were, and this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. So now we got to understand... I use the ESV for a very particular reason, and we'll see as we continue on. But now we've got to understand that this is Jesus still in his healing ministry. Uh, what we've got to understand is Jesus went into a place of sickness. That's where he was. That's, and if we think about it, if we allow ourselves to be honest about our lives, and I can use myself, Jesus has done his best work on me in my sickness. He has done his best work on me in my broken place. So now understand, Jesus strolled into a place of sickness. Imagine being in there. Imagine, if you will, a place where people are all over, blind, lame, paralyzed, just sickness. When we see them, all we can see is the things that they cannot do. They can't do. But sometimes when God looks at us, all he can see is the things that we can't do spiritually without the cure. So now John... Five, one man was there, verse five, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Very simply, the question remains for us today. Do you want to be healed? Will thou be made whole? I don't have to get up here highfalutin, being all technical and fancy. The one question I can ask you all to sit down, do you want to be healed? Because that's an answer that you have to give. Because it requires for you to dig within yourself and realize that there's something that's causing me to do things that are contrary to God's will. Am I willing to take that step? Am I willing to allow the cure to be administered to me so I can truly find some healing and some peace? Or am I okay just fighting through the pain? Am I okay just very simply treating the symptoms? 
Jesus said to him, get up. Verse 8. Get up. No, excuse me. Let me back up. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. So now what, what we're seeing now is you're talking about 38 years. And we've talked about this on Monday night. You're talking about 38 years of not doing anything. 38 years. And he asked him, will thou be made whole? So, and Jesus is in this place of sickness. This man has been impotent for 38 years. So now what we're seeing from this man is he is in a state of learned helplessness. Yeah. I've been here stuck yeah. in this place for so long. You know, this been what's been going on. I guess this is my life. I guess that's, I'm, I'm resigned to this fate. He says, the sick man answers, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up and while I'm going other steps down before me. So now when I think of this, if it was all, if all it was in his mind, again, it wasn't even about the water. If all it was for, was for him to get to the water, you would think that if I have a strong enough desire to get there, I may have to low crawl to get in there if I really want it. But to be in that position, and again, so a lot of times, let me back up some before I do that. A lot of times when we see people like, why they just can't get over that? Why don't, I don't understand why they just can't move on and be better. Ask yourself why you can't. So when we judge and condemn people because of the things that we see them not doing, ask yourself, why can't they do it? Because Jesus made him address the issue. Hey, man, why, do you want to get well? Now he's forced to say, well, you know, all this time for 38 years, you know, I'm watching people step over me. Now Jesus is saying, listen, guess what? Guess what I got for you? Get up, take up your bed, and walk on up out of here. But first, you have to meet the cure. Too many times we're okay with just fighting through the pain, dealing with the symptoms, treating the symptoms. Listen. Wilt thou be made whole? So that is the question that Jesus asked. And he tells him, said, listen, you know, get up. So let's, let's talk about learned helplessness. Very quickly. Learned helplessness occurs when an individual continuously faces a negative, uncontrollable situation and stops trying to change their circumstance, even when they have the ability to do so. So now we go back to the question, we go back to earlier when we talked about some of the things people are struggling with and they're afflicted with. You know, we're talking about the people that we deal with in our lives. Why is it that I continuously go back to these people? Well, you have the ability to stop doing that, yeah. but you first have to address why you want to do it. So that becomes the hard question that we have an easy answer to. So now, how many times are we in... Oh, so, so and I use myself, I, I, I always use myself. In, in a relationship, if I, if, I, if I think that my wife is not doing a particular thing, the first thing that I did was I changed me first. I changed me first. Because I can always talk about what she ain't doing, but what am I not doing to make her not do what she ain't doing? No, come on. At what point are we going to start being honest? Because at what point do we realize, hey, listen, everybody in here requires a cure. Everybody's in here because they need to be healed. Listen, get on over that. I start sweating now. Let me get on with <laughs> Let me move on, y'all. So, learn helplessness. What that does is, you know, what we got to think about. Think about the, think about the person who's dealing. And I use smoking because it's on the top of my head. Think about the person who is trying to quit smoking. Yeah. All right. But all I do is hang around smokers. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the person who who is dealing with alcoholism. But all I hang around with is folk that want to get drunk. Yeah. Think about the person who is trying to be a faithful husband and not be out here going outside of his marriage. But all I hang around with is folks who can do what they want and fornicate and got no obligations at the house and can care less about my morality. Will thou be made whole? Are you going to address the things that keep you wanting to be in that particular place? Too many times we look at people and we always judge them and say, well, I don't understand why they're doing that. I don't understand. Well, have you asked them why? Yeah. Maybe they haven't asked themselves why. Maybe that conversation could help them as opposed to you standing back judging and condemning, yeah. forgetting your need for a cure as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So you can't heal in a place where you got sick. <laughs> oh, I'm done, y'all. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm done. You just... We have to remember our condition. And all I'm saying this morning, I hope that I'm encouraging somebody. Yeah. But just...
think about it, what it was like prior to you understanding your need for a cure. A lot of us, it took a long time for us to get to that. It took a long time for me. And I had access to a cure. But it just took a long time for me to see my need for it. How many of us understand that once we get access to it, you can't heal in the place where you were sick? Amen. So now when you're struggling, being around the saints, being around your brothers and your sisters, or being honest and opening up with your brothers and your sisters, how are you healing? When you're struggling with finding the time to engage with God through his word, right? what are you doing? How are you healing? Are you going back to the thing that possibly made you sick? Because you aren't spending the time in a place that provides the cure. You're not, you're not using the things that he prescribed to you for a healthy, sound living. A healthy, sound life. That's what, that's what God prescribes through his son Jesus, the cure. So again, the question remains for us all. Will thou be made whole? So I trust and pray that <laughs> there is something that has been said this morning that has been beneficial. Uh, and I meant what I said when, when are we going to get over trying to hide and duck and dodge where we are, the affliction that was, that's what's in us. When are we going to get over that? Sometimes we've got to get over those things that we're, we're fearful that someone's going to be judging us about. Listen, you better think about how God can judge you. Yeah. At the right. end of the day, I will take someone talking about me. Oh, I thought you was this. Well, you, you know what? I'm glad that God knows this is who I am so I can care less what you yeah. think. That's how you live your life. But you first got to realize, listen, there's some stuff within us, y'all, that it may not have been our fault that it happened to us. It, man, listen, I guarantee you no one in here wants to be in a position that's going to cause them problems later on down the line. Nobody wants to be in a position where it's going to cause problems for their children later on down the line. But you got to first be willing to dig off in yourself and understand, listen, I need help. So points to remember, if you ain't get nothing else, Jesus can cure us in the middle of our afflictions. He can get to us. We understand Mary Magdalene, she was afflicted with seven demons. Jesus said, let me get through all of that. Y'all get on out the way because I see her for who she really is. That's what he wants to do for us. Yeah. Ignored affliction may blind us and God will send help whether you want it or not. You're going to get you some help. It's up to you how you receive it and how you get it. So lastly, the one thing I want for us to take with us, and again, if you couldn't say amen while you're in here, I hope that you remember number three. And when you get out somewhere, something happened, and you say amen in that moment because you're triggered. You can't heal in the place where you got sick. So, as I said, I, I just hope and pray that somebody was encouraged this morning. I hope and pray that someone is now looking deeper within themselves, realizing that, hey, listen, I haven't been doing, I haven't been doing the work. I haven't been asking myself the hard question, which is very simply, will thou be made whole? Yeah. Sometimes it's smaller than that. All you have to ask, why? When you do something and you know it doesn't make any sense. Brother Mace made the comment months ago and said there's nothing like knowing there's something wrong with you, but not knowing exactly what it is. Yeah. Could you imagine living a life where you know there's something off? I know I'm off balance. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Guess who knows? That's right. Guess who knows? That's right. Christ, because that's the cure. He, yeah. is, he, he came because he is designed to know. Yeah. He knows what we need. Take this. Get some healing. So if you are here this morning and you have not obeyed the gospel, understand that you are in a sick, sad state. Regardless yeah. of how you feel, yeah. regardless of how blessed you think that you've been in your life, outside of Christ, you need a cure. Amen. You need a cure. You need to realize that the life that I'm living, regardless of how I feel about it, is contrary to what God wants for me. He sent his son, Jesus, and he sees through all the fluff. He sees you for what you can become, but you have to become that in him. You've heard his word. Obey, believe it. Believe that the things that he can do for you, the things that he's already done by sending his son, Jesus, believe in it. Obey it. Say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to submit. Because in that submission, now what you've done is you've surrendered your will. So now you can get to some real healing in your life. Or you can very simply continue to reject and just treat the symptoms and see how that shakes out for you. Yeah. Yeah. We don't recommend that. 
will recommend is obey Christ today while you have the time because who knows what you got going on the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. You may think that I'm going to get on out of here. I got plans today. God has plans for you as well. All you have is the time that you have right now. And that's you not and understand this. I want to make sure I, I make this very clear. You're not going to know everything when you come up here. Right. You know, we don't know everything. Yeah. But the point is, you know enough to come on up here and yeah. realize that I am in need of a cure. Yeah. And if you are, been moved by, and, and and you have been struggling, yeah. you've received the cure, but you just have put it back up on the shelf. Yeah. Because you're looking for a quick fix. Right. I need to get up out of this situation. I'm going to put this ointment on real quick. My eyeball hanging out, but I'm just putting some oil in. <laughs> Man, listen, go get you some healing. Go ahead and address the reason why your eyeball came out. So, again, if I can't leave you with nothing else beside those, I will say always pay attention to the place where we stumble and not where we're falling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's the point that you need to ask for prayer. Yeah. So, if you are here and you need prayer, you need anything in your life, or you just have a desire to obey the gospel, why don't you please be found standing as we sing our invitation song. Amen. 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 Amen.